Hello. Welcome to Bitch Slap. This is Rachel Fisher. This is Desi Jettikin. And this is Melrose Place Season 3, Episode 10. And justice for none. Seriously. None. This is such a frustrating end of an episode, but overall a great episode. Yeah, we're we're still going hard with everything. Like we're at an 11. Yeah, it's good. It's really exciting. And we wake up. I mean, we start with Billy and Susan waking up. Oof. This are, is just, are they like, they're kind of making out, right? They're like kissing in the morning. Making love. They're making love <laughs> in Billy's apartment, which Susan has moved into. And yeah. she's like, I feel bad for Allison. Now she's having remorse. Like now she's growing a conscience about this. She should be. She should feel bad and embarrassed. It's embarrassing. Billy is who you're destroying a friendship over. Also, like, I'm sure anyone in that complex would have been like, sleep on my couch for a few nights. She didn't have to do that. Um, Billy doesn't give a shit about Allison. He's like, who cares? He's so mean. He's like, we split up. She needs to get over it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he says. And it's also so stupid because he says, we split up before you and I met. It's like, that's not the problem, Billy. The problem is this is her friend. What doesn't anyone get about this? It seems like only Allison and Amanda know how fucked up this is. And Amanda's loving it. Yeah, but she does tell Billy he's fucking disgusting. Yeah, but it's like, it's true, but she doesn't care. She thinks it's funny. (laughs) She's excited to see how this ends. Because she was Susan at some point, kind of. Yeah. All of a sudden we hear a crash coming from outside. And then we see a bunch of pots and pans being thrown onto the ground. How many fucking pots and pans did she bring to Allison's? This was like an entire set. This was like the entire catalog at Williams-Sonoma. It was like the $750 box of like the, you know... The all-clad All-clad where you get like every pan and pot and lid. Right. That's what Allison was dumping onto Billy's doorstep at 7 in the morning. It's pretty nervy of her to leave her pots and pans there, I think. I support Allison's immature petty move. She should have brought them to Billy's. He doesn't have anything in his cabinets. Yeah, Billy has like microwave popcorn and a thing of baking soda in his fridge. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. And I love that she carried them all the way up there. Because that's petty as hell. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's petty as hell, and that she did it while she was like before she left for work. She had the time. She got up early. She got up early to do this, and Susan is like, Allison, I'm not trying to hurt you. And Allison's like, enjoy your pots, or whatever. (laughs) She says something. She has some little quip before the credits roll. Yeah, it's very funny. At Shooters, Joe stops by, and she's wearing a real dumpy maternity dress over some leggings. She just sits down at the bar, and she has to deal with Sydney, and she's not having it. No, because Sydney has all kinds of energy, and Joe is, like, exhausted. And then Sydney tries to make small talk, and she's like, aren't you so fat and happy? Wrong thing to say, Sydney. I really relate to Joe in this moment, though, because it is annoying when someone's energy isn't matching yours. 
Like well, it's too yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, Sydney has all kinds of energy, and Joe is exhausted from being so pregnant and from dealing with this stupid legal battle with the Carters. And Jake is like, you look good. And that's when Sydney's like, aren't you just all fat and happy? And Joe's like, go away, Sydney. No, because Sydney's like having the best life right now. And Joe is on the other end of the spectrum. Like, yeah. So it's not good. She tells Sydney to go away because she wants to talk to Jake privately. And Jake's like, wow, what's going on with you? <laughs> and Jake's like, the custody battle. I'm fighting for my life here, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, I need you to testify. Yeah, and he acts like he's not gonna at first. He plays like a little joke on her. Yeah. And she's like, We know Jake's gonna. No, he's gonna be there. And she's like, Jake, you can't play with my emotions like that. I'm pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) I have no bladder control right now, Jake. I just leaked. And she, she's scared. Um. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. They hug and Sydney does give them a little suspicious look. She's like, hmm. Hmm. She doesn't like it. I want to be touching him right now. Yeah. And how old is Sydney? She's like 22. She's like two years younger than Jane. Okay, so she's maybe like she's 23. 24. 24. 20, okay, two. but she's still young enough where you get really jealous. Yeah, and it's Sydney. Yeah. She's emotionally immature. Absolutely. D&D is having a conference, and Bruce is explaining to everybody that there's going to be a promo party for KDJ Radio, and that this is going to be like a very, he says it's going to be very festive but it's still a work event, so keep that in mind. We need to get this client. And Allison's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's looking at her like, just because it looks festive doesn't mean we want any marinara incidents. Yeah, it's not a party party. You know, like, don't get, don't party. We're not doing coke off dicks at this party, <laughs> Allison. <sighs> and Amanda asks if she can skip the party. And Bruce is like, no. I was shocked. Why would she want to skip this party? What was the pretense that she had like a date with Peter? She said, yeah, she alluded to some kind of date with Peter because Bruce was like, you can bring your little friend to the party. It's just not like um, Amanda to avoid any work situation where someone might get the upper hand. Do you know what I mean? No, like she needs to be at every work event because she needs to know what's going on at all times. Absolutely. Allison then tells Amanda 
on her way out of the conference room, she's like, oh, Amanda, you can take Susan's name off the lease. She moved into Billy's apartment. And Billy's like standing in the corner, like slack jawed, like, oh, why'd you tell her? (laughs) (laughs) And so after Allison leaves the office, Amanda's like, wow, Billy. Uh, that explains the kitchenware concerto this morning. I love when Amanda says things like that, like her little snappy phrases. I do too. It's like, did she think of that in advance? Like, yeah, she's very proud of herself yeah. for the alliteration of the kitchenware concerto. Very. And she's like, let me get this straight. You're now dating Allison's best friend from college. Hmm. <laughs> Don't shoot yourself in the foot, Billy. At the hospital, Matt bumps into Michael, and Michael's like, oh, hey, Matt, and he starts following him down the hall. I love when Michael does things like this, because Matt's clearly like trying to work around him, and Michael then squeezes behind someone else to get up to Matt. Michael loves terrorizing Matt. Because he has no point here. Matt has never done anything bad to Michael. But this does end up being a sensitive moment. <laughs> Between Michael and Matt. This is like the most sensitive we've seen Michael Mancini in a very long time. But you can't help but think, like, how is he going to use this information later at some point, right? Like, yeah. And he also isn't like, he, he's not as, he, he's also still insensitive about some things. Yes. But he's sensitive for Michael. Yes, for sure. For him, he's being very sensitive. He senses something's wrong with Matt and Matt admits to him that Jeffrey has HIV. And Michael's like, oh, Matt, I'm so sorry. And he's like, meh, I don't know if you should get back together with this guy. And (laughs) Matt has to explain to him, he's like, I'm not afraid of AIDS, Michael. That's not the problem. I'm afraid of commitment. And Michael's like, yeah, you know, you're going to be setting yourself up for heartbreak. He tries to talk Matt out of this. He's presenting the other side. Right? Because it's like, yeah, it might seem like romantic to just do something like this, but you'll it will end in heartbreak, probably. Yeah, he's presenting a very cynical scenario. Absolutely. But it, it does seem out of care. It does seem out of care in in the way that Michael can care. Right, because it's not like a typical mean thing where he's like whoa, I'd never do that. (laughs) Right. Do you know what I mean? It's not like mean in that way. He wasn't even being like homophobic about it. No. Because he might have, you know, normally he'd have some little quip. Matt is just like very unsure because he does feel like he was kind of burned by Jeffrey before. And I think he's right. He's right to be hesitant. Because he doesn't have a good track record with Jeffrey. And Jeffrey was evasive and kind of hiding things. So I think Matt's dilemma is he doesn't want it to look like it's because of HIV. Right. He wants it to be based on their relationship, you yeah. know, which like, is good. Things wouldn't be different regardless yes. of whether or not he had tested positive. Kimberly runs into Joe at the gyno. And she's like, hey, Kimberly. <laughs> I guess you recommended this place to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, because she was briefly her doctor. For like one incident. When she had that fall on the stairs. Right. Uh, I guess Kimberly sends them all to the same guy now. That's how the writers 
threaded that needle. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, we can just say we need we need Kimberly to run into someone from Melrose Place. Yeah. And, and who better than Joe? Kimber- she literally needs to be there. This is Kimberly's deranged era. I mean, she's pretty much deranged for the duration of the series, but this is really where it starts to show in a very clownish way. Because all of the sudden, this is not a character trait we had ever seen in her before where she was very maternal. She's never, I don't remember her ever even talking about having a kid. But suddenly this is all she can concentrate on. Yeah. And she desperately wants a kid and she's like very um, excited when she's telling Joe at the gynecologist's office that she might be pregnant and that her and Michael had just gotten married in Vegas. I was shocked because I was like, oh, you guys are trying to have a kid? We all know Michael. (laughs) Michael's probably not trying to have a kid. He didn't want Jane to have... He didn't want to have a kid with Jane. And they were married for like years at that point. Yeah, they got married like right after college. No, that storyline, that was funny. That was like season one, right? That was season one and Jane really wanted a baby. And he got excited though. He eventually got excited once they were planning. That was back when Michael wasn't a monster. Yeah, He was just kind of like... Michael has too much going on right now. He's scamming his ex-wife. He's got he's got fired. So he's got to deal with that drama at the hospital. Right. He needs to like get back in good standing at Wilshire Memorial. He also needs to get back at Peter in some way. So he doesn't have time for a kid? No. He really doesn't have time for this. And she is like googly-eyed at the prospect of getting pregnant. Yeah. Jeffrey leaves a message for Matt, and as he's leaving a voicemail, we cut to Matt's apartment where he is listening to the voicemail as Jeffrey's leaving it. The classic. Yeah, that was sad. We've all been there. Yeah. Where somebody's leaving us a voice voice message, and we're just standing at the machine going, mm-hmm. I ain't picking that up. I'm not picking that one up. Oof. Don't know. I didn't. (laughs) Don't know if I'm calling that one back either. No, Matt is struggling. He's really struggling. And I feel so bad for Jeffrey in this moment because he's like, hey, I've been trying to get a hold of you. I don't know. He kind of knows. He knows something's going on. Right. But later that night, the D&D party is on and popping. This party's crazy. This is... I, this I've never seen a work party like this at D and D. This is like at a nightclub. They and rented this a is nightclub a club <laughs> with pulsating lights, music that is pumping. It's kind of dark. It is dark, and and people are dressed like clubby, a little clubby. It's nightclub. Yeah, this is a nightclub party, and it's a mix of young people and like old executives and record industry people. And radio people and like all the D and D workers, right? And Bruce is in full on party mode. Bruce, for with the first time we see Bruce, he does not have a jacket on. He's taken his jacket off, and he's living. He's sweaty. He he's looks vi- super sweaty. He looks like he just got back from the tanning salon. He's also not wearing his glasses. Yeah, he's in party mode. It's crazy. It, it was I when I saw him, I was like, dude. Um, Amanda and Peter are also there and the client comes over to Bruce and Amanda and Peter is like lurking and the client's like telling Bruce and Amanda how impressed he is by this party 
And Bruce says, well, you know, it was really a team effort. Yeah. And this infuriates Amanda. So after Bruce and this client leave, she vents to Peter about how furious she is that Bruce didn't give her proper credit in front of a client. Like, he undermined her. Right. And he's probably the type of guy who always takes credit himself, but then when anyone else does something, it's always like the whole team. It was a team effort. Yeah. And Peter is so cool as a cucumber. He's like, don't worry, baby. You'll be running D&D soon enough. And Amanda's like, oh, how's that going to happen? Over Bruce's dead body. <laughs> and Peter's like, yes, exactly. You said it, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give Peter any ideas. Meanwhile, Allison is scowling as she's nursing a martini at the bar, and she's watching Billy and Susan dance. They're so, once again, inappropriate. Even if I wasn't in a relationship with Billy, I'd still be scowling watching them dance. Oh, my God. They're obnoxious. I would throw a drink on them. <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> Take my, it elsewhere. I'd throw my Diet Coke on them. <laughs> Absolutely. And she is approached at the bar by a sleazy-looking guy in a red blazer named Zach. This is a guy... I swear to God, he looks just like the guy from season one or two. Somebody dated a guy who looked like this or went on a date with a guy who looked like this. I got excited because the actor is named Brian Bloom, mm. and he was everywhere. He was on a daytime soap as a kid, like a young teen. in Like in the 80s? In the 80s and then into the 90s, I think. Yeah. He was on As the World Turns. And I think he was in a ton of TV in the 90s, too. But this is a guy who you don't see this kind of face anymore. No, because it's kind of like the vibe of like John Travolta. Dark, dark hair and And, piercing blue eyes. Right. And kind of like... Oh, I remember who um, has this same face is Chaz. Oh, yeah. He has a Chaz face. Yes. With the tan skin, the piercing turquoise eyes, and the thick, dark hair. Yes, but this guy's better looking than Chaz, for he's sure. absolutely better looking than Chaz. Because he's a little younger. He's cooler than Chaz. Absolutely. I but mean, this guy was everywhere during that period. But I don't think he ever quite crossed over into the big time. Yeah. But um, No, I've seen this guy's face before. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's a very early 90s face. Oh, totally. And you can tell that he was a soap actor because he has that look. He has soap actor face for sure. And Allison's like, hey. (laughs) And he's like, "Uh, I work for a record company. She's in her bad girl phase. I love this. Me too. I love this for Allison. She's wearing a little periwinkle blue jersey mini dress. Oh, right. Yeah. And he's... Telling her, he's like, that's a pretty stiff drink. And she's like, I can handle it. And he's like, I know. I've been watching you. He's like, I've been watching you toss back martinis. (laughs) I knew I had a live one. (laughs) He's really excited about her because he's like, you should come over to my table where where we all know how to party. Yeah, because he's like, we're in the record biz, babe. Leave those stiff ad execs behind. Get over here where the party is. Like, Yeah. And it's true. Their table looks completely like... 
deranged. And they're having fun. Yeah. I love this for Allison. Back at the beach house, Kimberly arrives home and it is nighttime. Right. And so she has, she at some point went to the gyno during the day and just never returned. And Michael is furious. Yeah. He's, he's blabbering on. He's like, where'd you go? Where were, it's nighttime, Kimberly. Tell me where you went. He has nerve. He has some nerve. And she's upset because she found out she's not pregnant. He's like, oh, babe, who cares? You got too much going on right now. I like when she's like, shut up, Michael. (laughs) It is funny when Kimberly finally turns on Michael. Like, yeah. And she's drinking a beer and she gets into bed. And he follows her into the bedroom, and she's yelling at him. She tells him, you know what? This, she said, I, the doctor said I can't get pregnant since the, because of the accident. I was like, what happened? That is such a soap opera yeah. reason you can't get pregnant. They don't tell us, because it's like, yeah, she had a lot of head injuries. Did she hurt her uterus? Like, no, what I, happened? I need to know the medical diagnosis Me of this. That is just- Accident-related barrenness. It is an all-encompassing accident. <laughs> yeah. And also just using that term, she's like, I'm barren. I was right. like, who says that? <laughs> barren. <laughs> that's, like the pa- that's like the prairie term or something. It's so prairie. And she tells Michael, she's like, you know what? It wasn't an accident. This, You did this. Yeah. She's like, accident in quotation marks. <laughs> like, right. And she says, you killed any chance I have to have a baby. And he's like, oh, c- come on, Kimberly. And she goes, get out. Get out. And then she starts sobbing. I loved, I wish we had a camera on what Michael was doing. He's probably like, sneak out of here. He's probably feels guilty about it for two seconds. And then he just like turns on the TV and quietly, quietly turns on the TV. And then, like, as he gets drunker throughout the night, the TV progressively gets louder. And he's he's watching absolute garbage. Yeah, because he's unemployed. No, he's been hired back. Oh, that's right. He got hired back. He got rehired. That's right. I completely forgot. Um, let's take a break here. We'll be right back. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Back at the party, Allison is sitting at the party table, wasted. It's like all guys at this table. And she's actually like the center of attention. They love her. She's making jokes. She's like, I'll have a drink, a pitcher of vodka. And they think it's so funny. (laughs) She's like 
think she is a comedian. They are literally pissing in their pants. Like, yeah. this girl's a riot. She's killing it. She's crushing at this party table. And Zach is like, hey, babe. He's calling her babe already. Mm. He's like, let's go to the Roxy. Let's get, <laughs> get rid of this fucking stupid party. Let's go yeah. do some real drugs down at the Roxy with a bunch of aging hair metal bands. Yeah, the Roxy. I like how the writers are like, I don't know, Rox, the Roxy? Is that so cool? <laughs> Everyone that, will know it. Um, they stumble out together. And of course, Susan and Billy are watching her stumble out with this rando. And Billy is like, has to fucking intervene. He's concerned. And Susan's like, you need to go check on Allison to make sure she doesn't drive drunk. Yeah. So... We see Allison stumbling around at the valet stand, and she's, like, falling all over some guy. It's not even Zach. No. Zach is, like, off talking to the valet guy, getting the car, I guess. Or getting... I think they have a driver. They have a driver. But Allison's... Meanwhile, she's, like, falling on some guy. Her heels are coming off, and she's talking about, you know what? Heels are invented by a man. Yeah. Because this is bullshit. They want you to be on your tiptoes. <laughs> <laughs> and she's laughing. She's laughing at her own joke. And this guy is like, ugh, get this drunk yeah, woman she's off like, of I'm, me. She thinks she's Rita Rudner making these like old school sexist jokes, you know? Yes. No, this is, um, this is the plight of every alcoholic is you think you're so charming. Yes. There's a point in your in your alcoholism where you think you're so charming and that everyone else thinks you're so charming. And in reality, everyone thinks you're pathetic. Yeah. I mean, I'm laughing, but... Well, for the wrong reasons. Yes, exactly. But it is very pathetic. Oh, no. If I was with someone like this, I'd be like, bye, I'm leaving. Here's some cab fare. Yeah. Get home safe. No, I've been be I've been Allison 100% in this situation <laughs> where I'm like, I'm a comedian. Yeah. And everyone's like, I want to throw you off a building. Oh, my God. I mean, no one wants to be around someone that drunk. It's irritating, usually. Yeah, but good good thing for Allison is she has Zach. And I like Zach. Yeah. Look, he's a just because he's a bad influence on her doesn't mean he's not fun. And to be honest, Allison would be drinking regardless of Zach. Well, and... I mean, it shows you what she needs because Billy comes out and he's just a scold. Like he doesn't seem like very interested in helping her. He didn't help the situation at all because Allison's like sees Billy and she's like, fuck you, Billy. I'm going to go hang out with a real man. She's like, I'm not going to take personality points from you. That was a and good I was like, burn. That's pretty good when you're drunk. She still pulled out a true insult <laughs> that works for Billy. Because it's true. Who is he to judge? He has a horrible personality. He's annoying sober. So at least Allison has an excuse. No, and this guy's fun, and he's going to take her to another party. He probably has good drugs. Well, we know he has good drugs later. And he's going to keep her. He's got a driver, so they're safe. This guy has a limo, yeah. and people still really loved limos in the 90s. Oh, yeah. So this is like the pinnacle. Oh, my God. If I was Allison, I would have been like, holy shit. He's got a limo. We're going to be in a limo? Hell, yeah. 
Do you remember that age where you still thought limos were cool? Yeah, because I took a limo to a crack house once <laughs> after the club, and I called my mom the next morning, and I was like, oh, because I, I like got in trouble. And she's like, Rachel, any idiot can rent a limo. Yeah. And I'll never forget those words she said to me. Oh, totally. But when you're poor and you have no money, it seems expensive. I was like a teenager. Yeah. And I just wanted to do drugs, and then I ended up in a really weird situation. Always. Look, I got into a random limo outside of the club. Who wouldn't? (laughs) I thought, I'm like, we must be going someplace cool. If you're in a limo, it's safe. (laughs) I didn't know anybody in this limo. Oh, my God. Um, Anyway, but Allison, Allison's in good hands with Zach because he's wearing a red blazer. They're going to the Roxy. What could be better? What could go wrong? Anyway, but she does end up missing a really fun party. Well, <laughs> she misses an iconic moment on the dance floor when we see we cut to Bruce. I don't looking like he's on speed. He's sweating more than ever. His he's he's moist from he's head to toe. So wet. His face looks like he just dipped it in water. He looks like a French dip sandwich. He's like he is wet, and he. Is dancing so hard, someone should have actually escorted him out of the party. Because you're like, you're ruining our company's reputation. Like, no, because if I was at this party and I was a prospective client and I'm like, wait, that's the CEO of D&D. That guy is so weird. He looks freakish. I'd say that guy has issues he needs to address. And he's wearing like a shirt that has like, it's like, Unbuttoned a little too much for Bruce, in my in my opinion. It looked like he'd been drugged. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> I was like, did Peter do something to him? Because this is not very Bruce at all. No, I had forgotten about what how this went down, and I don't know if we'll find something out later. I genuinely I don't remember don't either. Remember, but to me, this is someone who's been drugged behavior, at least in terms of soap. It's extremely out of character. Of what we've seen of Bruce. He's so buttoned up. Yeah. He's a buttoned up guy. The only way I would buy this is is like kind of like Vito and the Sopranos, where someone happens upon Bruce well, in yes. a situation where you don't normally see him. But this is at a work thing. If Bruce was cutting it up somewhere at Mickey's in West Hollywood, right? Right. And you happened upon, I would believe this. I would believe this. You've run into Bruce at Mickey's and you're like, oh, I didn't know Bruce was uh, gay. Um, this was like uncharacteristic. And we're on Bruce for a good 20 seconds of him dancing. It's vulgar. It was long. It was very long. Um, I was concerned about him and almost immediately. He has a heart attack on the dance floor. He like clutches his chest and he's like, Ugh. I laughed, I have to say. Well, it, I had forgotten to. It was comical. Because it was like, oh yeah, of course this is going to happen. It was dramatic. He looked like he was about to die. And thankfully Peter's there and he's like, call 911. Meanwhile, Allison and Zach are standing outside of the rooftop the sunroof of the limo as the limo is cruising down Sunset Boulevard. This is also something I would have done this is, and thought it was funny as hell to be out the window. Why did everyone used to do that? You don't 
ever see that anymore. But that was like such a signifier of like, we're having a good time. It was like, we're in a convertible kind of. But it's the sunroof of a limo. That was such a thing. It was like taboo. It was like, I'm showing, I'm ha- this is how I'm telegraphing that I'm having fun. And I don't care what anyone thinks of me. But it's like really tacky. No, it's totally tacky. They're loving it. And I also got concerned during this scene, like, oh my God, is the limo driver going to make a sudden stop and they're both going to like get injured? Yeah, because it's very, it seems reckless in this moment. They're wasted. And Allison is going on about how she's tired of being a good girl She starts talking shit about Billy. She's like, you'll never guess. My ex-fiance, God, he's such a loser. His name's Billy. Yeah. She's telling him about Billy, and he's laughing. And she's like, I'm breaking out. And then they start kissing. (laughs) And I think he calls Billy Mr. Dull. Yeah. Who's Mr. Dull? Oh, yeah, because he had (laughs) met him at the party. Or saw him at the party. Billy taking strays. Um, The next day at D&D... Allison is surprisingly in one piece. And Billy is like, Gee, I thought you called in sick today because you were drinking so much last night. Yeah, he really buries the lead. Like, that should have been the first, the first thing he said should have been what happened. He should have been like, Oh my God, Allison, Bruce had a heart attack. Yeah, but he has to scold her first. Yeah, it was so lame. And she's like, Well, Billy. I met a great guy and we partied all night. And I'm, of course, I would come into work. Like, I'm amazing. I can handle it. I can handle my liquor. Yeah. And that's when Amanda stops by and she's like, um, hello, are we going to talk about how Bruce went to the hospital last <laughs> night? No, Billy's just so concerned with his own little life and his own little drama. It's like, how do you not want to share that information with someone who missed it? Immediately. I would have been like chomping at the bit to tell her. This is how self-absorbed Billy is. So Allison explains to Billy and Amanda that they need to keep this tight-lipped about Bruce going to the hospital because it'll they don't want to scare off their cli- their potential client. Right. They don't want to scare them off. So she's like, we're just going to say he had food poisoning. And Billy's like, doesn't seem like he had bad fish. Ugh, maybe he had that chili you can taste for days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or maybe he had some of Susan's cooking. I mean, that is crazy because that was clearly a heart attack. No, he wasn't running to the bathroom. You don't collapse like that when you have, you might, be, you know, bend over in pain or something. <laughs> he wasn't, you don't clutch your chest and collapse on the dance floor. Come on. No, he wouldn't have is... been, if he had food poisoning, he wouldn't have gone to the party. Like Right. He wouldn't have been able to make it. Or if he had food poisoning and he got it at the party, he would have just ran out of the room. Yeah. That's the only way that would have gone down. At Jane Mancini Designs, she's wondering why she doesn't have any money. Like no money is coming in from the company, Chris's company that's subsidizing her business. She's short a half a million dollars. That is a lot of money. And she can't buy her crushed velvet fabric. Yeah, she's she needs more fabrics. She can't buy them. And Chris comes over and he gives her some bullshit excuse. And he kisses her and she's like, oh, Chris. No, this this is crazy what happens. Again, Jane, you're painting every single red flag white. I just don't understand how this business is operating. 
because she seems like she's always churning stuff out. Where is it going? <laughs> Where is her money? Which department stores are her clothing even in? Why does she, I, I can't even believe she would need a half a million dollars. Do you know what I mean? That's that's like a lot of money. Amanda clocked her when God was giving out business sense. Jane was getting her nails done in the back of the line. I mean, that's why it hurt. Even I'm better at business than this. Well, because we're looking at this and going, this is not sustainable. At least we know. It just makes no sense that she wouldn't have any money coming in if she was churning out this much crap. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're just putting business stuff in and not really thinking it through because none of this makes sense. Anyway, Chris is like, I could make you a loan. And she's like, oh, Chris, that's so nice of you. Yeah. And she, he's like, we just need to go down to the bank because I need your signature. We need to go together. I'm sorry, I can't just go by myself. And she goes, I have an idea. We should open up a joint account so you don't need my permission to do it. Yeah, how about I give you access to all my money just by your signature where you don't even have to come to me anymore? She's so smart. What a fucking idiot. Um, and he, they literally leave this scene where he smiles at the camera. <laughs> yeah, he gives a devious <laughs> smile. So it's like this is what it's all been coming to. Right. At the courthouse, Reed's mom, Mrs. Carter, testifies, and she's acting like a real goody-goody. She's like, my husband's in the Rotary Club. He reads to the blind. They were laying it on thick. She's wearing her ugly floral dress. She's such a bitch. This judge is enamored with her. Yeah. And she's, she's honestly saying the most basic-ass shit. It's so It's dumb. not that impressive. And then after their attorney finishes his questions for her, Joe's attorney declines to cross-examine her. And Joe's like, you're killing me. She freaks out. She loses it during recess. She's like, what the hell are you doing to me? <laughs> He's like, I don't want you to look desperate. And she's like, I am desperate. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's that's hilarious. I if I was Joe following this fiasco, I would like file an appeal to have a new trial because I have an incompetent lawyer. Look, this lawyer is incompetent. You can cross-examine them without dragging them or like belittling them or making it look like you're hitting below the belt. Right. You can ask questions about Reed. For instance, that's within the realm of like reasonable questioning. Or say, isn't it possible that Joe might have been afraid to communic- have, have a communication with her attacker, her rapist or her attacker's parents? Or also set up with them that Joe was very willing to have them in the life of the child. Right. Or... Um, what made them think that Joe was unfit? Like anything. Yeah. Um, so Joe is like losing it during this point and she's furious and he's like, we just need to prove you're a fit mother. We're going to have all of our character witnesses come in. <sighs> Look, we know we're in trouble the minute they pull the cast of Melrose Place up on the stand. That's it. That's all they got. <laughs> That's all she has. Like, why not get some work friends? 
all the models or photographers you work with. Do you know what I mean? Like get anybody outside of Melrose. Absolutely. We know you have those people. No, she doesn't. They're all sick of Joe's shit. Matt meets Jeffrey for lunch at what looks to be a country club in Orange County. Where the hell were they? I have no idea. I saw the exterior and I'm like, where even are they at Pepperdine? Where even is that? I don't I do remember I think that Jeffrey does live in Long Beach or something. Does he still though? Because he's like by the where he's stationed. Maybe. I don't know. I think he does. Cause they're always by the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Like because he's going jogging by the beach. Anyway. There Matt admits to Jeffrey that it's just taken him some time to get used to the news. And then he doesn't know what he wants. And Jeffrey's like, I know what you want. You want things to be the way they used to be. And Matt's like, I'm not afraid of AIDS. I'm afraid of the commitment. And Jeffrey's like, come on, Matt, you can put the shovel down. I'm not dead yet. And then Matt's like, I just need you. I just need you to know I love you and I need some more time. And Jeffrey's like, oh, yeah, well, time's up. I've had it. And he gets up and leaves. Have a nice life. Yeah, have a nice life. I mean, I think Matt is reasonable and needing to think about it more. But Jeffrey can also be like, I don't want to wait. Yeah. But they're clearly uh, struggling with emotions. Yes. Amanda is kissing Peter on his chest. They're naked in bed together at her apartment. And they're discussing their next play after Bruce has landed in the hospital. And Peter explains to Amanda how Bruce's bad luck is their good fortune. He's sick. He's really sick. <laughs> I love it. And he's like, now is, now is the perfect time for our takeover. And Amanda, even Amanda is like, I don't know, Peter, that seems a little unsportsmanlike. He's, yeah, we, he's, we, like, he's a sick horse. Let's kick him. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to kick Peter while he's down. He's like, that's exactly when we have to do it. And he, he starts talking like a supervillain. No, he is like, there are three types of weaknesses. <laughs> right. We got the physical weakness, which, which is what Bruce has right now. And we're going to exploit it. We're going to capitalize on his physical weakness. And you can't get emotional. You have to detach yourself because it's just business. And she's like, and what are we? Are we just business? And he goes, no, we're a team. He's like, let the games begin. Yeah, he says, he's, <laughs> he says, this is no time for emotion, Amanda. The game's about to begin. You ready to play? Can you imagine someone talking like this to you in bed? No. I don't know if I'm excited or not. Because then we get this like searing, evil villain guitar music as they're making out. It's great. It's so good. She needed Peter. She really did. She needed him because he's even more conniving than her. She needed someone to kind of kick her up to the next level and not and stop feeling guilty. Yeah. Because she does have just enough that it holds her back. No, because she's about to ascend into bitchery we haven't seen yet. Right. Because I think her fatal flaw right now before Peter is that she still kind of wants to be liked. Yes. Even if it's not 100%. Genuine, she still kind of wants it. No, but she's about to like do things she never thought possible. Yeah, yes. And I'm excited to witness I it. I love her. Anyway, so the next day at the courthouse, Jake testifies. Oof. And I knew it, Desi. They ask him, 
Reed's lawyer asks, Reed's parents' lawyer asks him about the arson. They're like, oh, did, weren't you investigated for arson? And Jake looks cute on, on stand. He does. And then they're like, oh, and explain to me, you had a boat that belonged to Reed, the pretty lady. What happened to that boat? And he goes, it blew up. No further questions. <laughs> one of those moments yeah and they go through like the entire apartment complex amanda testifies the lawyer grills amanda about how come she took an insurance claim out on joe's apartment and she's like well because jake hansen destroyed it and they're like oh the same jake hansen who's a good friend of joe's that was I was like, that is such a good detail of Amanda. She put an insurance claim when that refrigerator got tipped over. Yeah. It's like just put the three hundred bucks up to get a new fridge. Like No, the apartment itself wasn't destroyed. He had like it was like messy. He had made a mess. No, that was crazy. But there wasn't like structural damage. But she would try to file a claim. Of course she would. Yeah. There was like a wine on the wall. No, she's like, I'm gonna check. Say it cost two thousand dollars, and just leave leave it there for Joe to deal with. Yeah, Joe still had to clean it up, but yeah. Amanda got the insurance money. Absolutely, she's such a slumlord. She really is. Any <laughs> anyway, he next grills Jane. Wait, no, he no, it's grills Matt. Matt. He grills Matt, and he's very homophobic towards Matt. He's like, "So you're gay? Aren't you gay? Aren't you gay? Do you ever bring dates home to Melrose Place?" No, it was so out of control. Um, then and they don't do, and we don't see any cross examination or like objections or like really nothing. No, they grill Jane. The lawyer grills Jane, and and he's like, "Wow, your sister was arrested for being in a prostitution ring." And then Jane admits that Sydney lives next door to Joe. Next, Joe gets on the stand, and Joe is actually a very good witness. Like, she really does give a good performance. Yeah. I mean, she does the best. She does the best that she can with how shitty her lawyer is. And she says that keeping the baby was the best decision of her life. And during the break, Joe talks to Allison in the hallway and she's like, I need, I need to ask you a favor. Will you be my baby's godparent? Because they, they want me to know that like the baby will have a legal guardian in case anything ever happens right. to me. And Allison is honored. She's like, of course. And she's like, okay, I'll see you back here to testify on my behalf tomorrow morning and Allison's like of course I'll see you here at nine sharp I'm just gonna go out with Zach right now (laughs) and we're all dying we all know we're like Allison Allison you can't go out with Zach before you have to testify no at the beach house Kimberly is out on the deck seething and Michael is like in his own world he comes busting through the house. He's like, look at this crap check from Mancini Designs. That's Chris's name on it. I'm the partner. And Kimberly's crying because she wants a baby. And Michael's like, well, sweetie, it's just not our time. And she's like, well, we could adopt, Michael. He also says to her, he's like, I wish we could, but you're barren. (laughs) You're barren, honey. It's like you would never say that to someone. No, it's incredible. And she's really working on him. She's like, Michael, you owe me. You need to give me what I want most in life. And they hug. 
And we see his face and he's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Well, I can't remember. We probably get a little bit of it back in the old days, but Michael's not the type of guy to adopt. Yeah. You could tell he's the type who's like, nah, if it's not mine... I need the Mancini jeans. No, he definitely wants the Mancini jean to be passed on. Because he kind of is like, what are we going to get, a Romanian orphan? No, he's so gross. He's like so gross. He's so gross about it. Michael Mancini would never adopt. Um, He'd want his own blood or nothing. If I'm putting up with a brat, it's got to be mine. It's got to be a Mancini. Yeah. (laughs) And... um, Allison has dinner and drinks, obviously, with Jack, Zach. They're drinking heavily, and he's explaining to her how great his job is because he works in the music business, so his job is basically to party and to take people in the business out to party. And she's the only woman who can keep up with him. Yeah. and you, we, There's, like, drinks on the table. We can see how many they've had. They're, they've had a lot of drinks at this dinner. And he's like, let's go out dancing. And she's like, oh, I wish I could, but I have to be up in the morning early for court. And he's like, it's only 1030. And she's so into this guy. She's like, she's doing that little smile thing like, oh. Yeah, because he really wants to hang out. We see them stumble back into the Melrose Place courtyard, and they're giggling and laughing. They're real drunk by this point. Yeah. And he's like, come on, I want to hang out. And he's kissing her. And he's like, I have an idea. Let's go in the let's go in the pool. And she like barely hesitates before doing it. No, she's like, we don't she's like, you don't have a suit. And he's like, who cares? And then they just start stripping naked. It's like, how at this point does she not know you can't stumble into Melrose Place late at night and get away with anything? Without everyone looking out the window. And they're also being so loud. And presumably everyone else has to be up early for court too. That's the wild thing. (laughs) Everyone knows where she's supposed to be the next morning. Like (laughs) no one is clueless here. Yeah. They're making all kinds of noise and they jump into the pool and they're splashing each other and screaming. And then everyone comes out of their apartments and Amanda is furious And she's like, get out of the pool now. And Allison's like, "Uh uh-oh, here's the fun police. (laughs) And then Uh, Billy is like lurking upstairs on on the balcony, like looking down into the pool. And Allison goes, that's Billy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that was such a genius moment. It was so... Did she ad-lib that? She had to have ad-libbed that. It was brilliant. She goes, oh, because that's exactly how that would have gone down. Absolutely. (laughs) How that would have gone down. Like, she had just talked so much shit about this guy. She's like, oh, that's Billy. But she said it way too loud. Oh, my God. I'm going to, like, puke. I'm going to laugh so hard. (laughs) It was so cool. Um, They get out of the pool, and Allison says to Amanda... Excuse me, Warden Woodward. I guess the only one allowed to be loose around here is you. And she laughs. She loves her little insult. She, it was a good burn. I was like, damn, she's legitimately funny. <laughs> like when she's drunk. <laughs> she's such a fun drunk. The next morning, Zach and Allison wake up on the beach. Crazy. Who drove them here? Who drove them there? And also, how did they not wake up at the crack of dawn? Because that's what happens when you wake up on a beach, right? Because the minute the sun comes up, 
you wake up. Yes. Because you can't sleep. And they're on the beach. Yeah. It is like blaring sun. But it's 8.30. They, she's overslept. <laughs> she wasn't planning on waking up on a beach. And this is really stressing me out because I'm like, she's at the beach and probably has to get to downtown at she, 8.30 a.m.? Yeah. No, she has to go downtown, which is without traffic, 30 minutes. Yeah. Without traffic. No, I was stressed. She's going to be in rush hour traffic going from Santa Monica to downtown. She's going to be in traffic for at least an hour and a half. Ugh. At least. Yeah. She's also still wearing the same thing she was wearing last night. A very flimsy Her jersey dress. dress. And she, obviously she probably smells like chlorine because <laughs> she was in the pool. Yeah. Her, I don't even want to think about the state of her underwear Ooh. or if she's wearing the underwear. <laughs> she she might, might not, not even be, be wearing because we saw her take her panties off before she hopped into the pool. No, she probably just threw the dress back on. Because she probably lost those panties. We don't know what happened. We I have no idea. I bet they got lost in the courtyard. Right, because she just grabbed the pile of clothes, basically. Yeah. Um, this is a disaster, and she's panicking. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> she's like, I have to be in court. Dude, I, I felt that feeling. <laughs> Not that that's ever happened to me, but waking up late when it's something important. We've all been there. Yeah. No, regardless of the circumstance, we've all been in a situation where we've woken up in a panic late for something for whatever reason, your alarm didn't go off. Right. And it is such a horrible feeling. And especially, though, if it is your fault. Oh, yeah, because you just feel like the biggest piece of shit. And this is a major thing. Yeah, for your best friend. No, this is crazy. To do this. And so Zach comes through. He's like, that's okay, I have some speed. He he opens a pill bottle. He's like, this will get you uh, right as rain. You've had caffeine before. It's the same thing. No, he literally sells it like she's just going to be drinking a cup of coffee. And yeah. she's like a little hesitant. But then she's like, he's like, you look like shit. Yeah. So she's like, well, I don't want to look like shit when I go into court. You might as well look like high shit. <laughs> he just gives her a bunch of fucking speed. And the next scene, we see her bursting into the courtroom like a tornado. And it's like. The dress looked so inappropriate <laughs> when she got into the courtroom. No, we see it because it never looked inappropriate before. It was, but now it's now she's in an inappropriate setting to be wearing that dress. So it just right. looks very um, no. It was cheap. so short <laughs> and slutty, and she's just got bare legs. And she's, right, like she's not wearing any stockings. We don't even know her shoe situation. Her hair is tousled. And smelling like puke, probably. Yeah. And she bursts into the courtroom like Tasmanian devil. And she's like, I'm here, I'm here. And everyone's all solemn in the courtroom. I was like, girl. And then the next, we cut to them in the hallway. And Joe's lawyer is like, I can't put her on the stand. She's a disaster. You're high. No, Jake is like, Allison, you're high as a kite. <laughs> Uh, and Joe is a furious. She should be. She should be furious. This and, is an outrage. And Allison is, I could feel Allison's heart beating because she's all amped up right now. No, she's like, I could do it. <laughs> she's, I'll be fine. No, she's like screaming at everyone, telling them that she's perfectly capable. And her eyes are so speed. 
Yeah. She has those eyes. She's got speed eyes. And No, this is crazy. And Jake is like, get out of here. Yeah, he's disgusted. He's so disappointed in her. And this is triggering for Jake because his mom probably did stuff like this, like showed up to school yes. like this. Yes. Don't you think? I bet when Jake had like open house or parent-teacher conferences, the mom showed up high as a kite. Right. Because it's like you could make the case that she's panicked because she was late. No, but Jake knows this. Yeah, he Jake knew. Is, Jake knows what is happening here. Absolutely. Also, they all saw her last night. That's the other thing. Well, that's they all crazy. know. They're like, I know that dress. Yeah, I re- I recognize that dress. You're wearing the, that. It was on the by the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it would have been funny if she'd turned around and there was like a big like wet spot on the back <laughs> of her dress, <laughs> or like a bunch of sand. <laughs> sand. Like she picked off her shoe and dumped it out. Or there was like a bunch of sand on the back of her thigh. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know when it's just, like, everywhere and, like, sticky? Yes. Now I'm, like, thinking, and there was, like, a seagull in her hair. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great touch. Jeffrey and Matt go go for a walk on the beach, and Jeffrey explains, this is really sad, he explains what it's like being marginalized from being HIV positive. Yeah. And the marginalization he deals with even from... Liberals. I mean, it. It's sort of like obviously this is such a important storyline back then, especially, and it's so touching. But it's so disconcerting to go from like the thing we just saw with Allison to something so serious. Oh, I know. It's like it's whiplashy. Well, like it's like Matt's de- <laughs> Matt's has real problems right now. Yeah, it's this just is- very disconcerting when you're watching. No, like that was a circus, and this is something very serious. Yeah. Um. Not that Allison's alcoholism isn't dead serious. But, but that's like to a comical degree. Yes. Because it's so over the top. And this is like so... Um, real and sincere. Like, it's so sincere and real. And it broke my heart as he's explaining what it's like to feel like, you know, once again, I'm on the outside. Yeah. He doesn't ever have a moment where he's not. Right. And so Matt assures him that he's not alone. And he says, look, I want to be with you, but I need to know that you want to be with me too. Like for real, we can't be casual. Yeah. And Jeffrey's like, hell yes. And then where they should have done a kiss, because this is primetime television in 1994, we get a hug. Yeah. And this is definitely, today would have been a hug and then a kiss maybe. Yeah. For sure. But we they're excited. I yeah, think it's sweet. They're, they're happy. They're going to commit to each other. Amanda visits Bruce in the hospital, and she assures him everything is under control at D&D, and he's like, Amanda, you can't tell anyone about my condition. We can't let this get out that I'm sick. Yeah. He's got like a heart problem. And he's like, I'm counting on you, Amanda. And she's like, you got it, Bruce. Oh, yes. And she's really assuring him. Yeah. But he does look concerned. Well, it's definitely one of those situations where in his heart, he knows he'd screw her over. Yeah. It's like that kind of situation where you're like, everyone's out for themselves. Yeah. And it sucks when you need them to stand by you. She stops by Peter's office and Peter's like, how is he? And she's like, nervous. And he says, as he should be. And Amanda 
makes a phone call from his office. She calls this client and she says, hi, this is Amanda. I'm calling from the hospital. By the way, Bruce had a heart attack and he's like really not doing well and he'll probably never be the same again. So I just wanted to let you guys know that. And also I'm going to be taking over your account. Yeah. No worries. But Bruce is fucked up. Yeah. And Peter actually tells her, he's like, make the call. Yeah, yeah, he says, <laughs> make the call. Um, at Shooters, Allison is drinking a martini at the bar, and she is still wearing the same dress. She literally went straight to the bar. She didn't even stop to like go home and take a shower. And she must smell like sewage she at this must, point. She must smell so bad. Because she's been in the pool, at the skanky beach. At the club. The club. I mean... Right. Jesus. Wait, was she at the... No, they were no, at dinner. They were dinner. They so were, the pool... But then we don't know what they did in between the pool and the beach. Yeah, because she had a blackout. Yeah, we don't know. They had a fucking blackout. So who knows where they were crawling around, what skanky bar they went to. They were at the Rainbow Room. I bet they did go to the Rainbow Room. And I bet they... Um, yeah, and she probably fell on the floor. Well, that's like the type of place you go where you're like, they'll stay open a little after yeah. closing. No, for and the like, regulars. She probably got um she probably like rubbed up against Ron Jeremy at the Rainbow Room. Like someone disgusting was there. Yeah, she fell on the floor and she got like those peanut shells on her ass. <laughs> <laughs> and she laughed about it yeah. and wiped them off and was like, Oh my god, there's peanut shells on my ass. Oh my god. <laughs> um and then they probably went to like Norm's and she probably ate something gross at Norm's. Ugh. So she also kind of smells like a bad burger. I'm just thinking of her pantyless sitting on all those different surfaces. Like vinyl seats. Vinyl seats. The rainbow room floor. The rainbow room floor. Someone definitely saw her pussy at the rainbow room. <laughs> gross. We don't even know if they fucked. No, but that would add a whole n- new layer of scent. Like she, a sex scent. No, she smells like Badussi. And she is like at shooters in the middle of the day. It's like mid morning. It's mid morning. And, and she's having a martini. <laughs> she's like, like 10 30. She's moved beyond the pretense of a screwdriver. No, it's crazy. She's having a martini. And as soon as she finishes it, she asks the very long ponytailed bartender, she's like, give me another. And he like hesitates and she's like, pour the damn drink, pal. Yeah, she's like, what are you judging me? I don't need your permission. <laughs> she's indignant drunk now. Like, she's, indig- she's in that phase. She's indignant. And Zach stops by and he's like so turned on by her. Yeah. Zach is like horny for alcoholism. That's a red flag. And She's like, oh, Zach, it was awful. I showed up high on speed to court. And everyone was judging me. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, he does the classic enabler line. He's like, real friends don't judge you. I was like, this is sick. Just like the fact that she doesn't get why everyone's mad. And that he... No, this is a classic alcoholism. Yeah. Where you just move from friend to friend. Right. To find lower and lower companions for people who won't judge you. Like you find someone even worse than you. Yeah. And they're like, you're doing pretty good actually. Yeah. (laughs) But you're not. Yeah. And you're like, that's supportive. And you think that that person's a true friend because they're enabling your degenerate behavior and that they understand you. Everyone's mean. 
Everyone's mean. I showed up high to court. I love that everyone was judging me. It's <laughs> like, girl. And so they kiss. They have a sloppy kiss at the bar. It probably tasted so gross. God, she must stink. She must stink. She must stink, right? I needed someone sober to stop in and be like, P.U., Allison. That would have been funny for Jake to be like, and take a shower. Like, you stink. Yeah, you stink. You, and it would have been a you, nice callback. It would have been a nice callback to be like, Allison, you stink. Yeah. At court, they've reached a verdict. And the judge awards full custody to Mr. and Mrs. Carter. An outrage. This is outrageous. And Joe immediately loses it. And she's like, you can't steal my baby. I will let you. It's my baby. I was like, you still got it in you. You can do something. She should run. She should. She should run with that baby. I mean. Go on the lamb. Why not? Those people will die soon enough. They're she old. Should, she should really have taken Jake up on knocking off the Carters. Yeah. She should go to Peter. I bet Peter would do it. Ooh. Peter would do it in a way that was medically undetectable. Yeah. No, she. that's the problem with Joe. She doesn't know how to use her villainous connections. She's so stupid yeah. because this is the kind of incident that Amanda would completely be supportive of like she would be on Joe's side a hundred percent and see the injustice in this and want to get back at the Carters. Yeah, I agree. This isn't, this is something that Amanda would be a hundred percent behind and she would convince Peter to kill them. I mean, it's so difficult because you want to feel bad for Joe, but she's so stupid in this situation and she has been from the beginning. Yeah. It's just like, get a grip. She's and start this fighting so for real. Like, do you know what I mean? She's like, not savvy. No. And it's kind of frustrating to watch because you're like, yeah, I get it. There's only so much you can do when the court is involved. But that's when you got to like start thinking outside of the box. Like, I think what part of what makes Joe such a drag is even Allison does conniving behavior. Yeah. And even Allison does petty things. But Joe is always like being an Eeyore about everything. Well, and there's always like a character on many shows where their sort of desire to be good and do things the right way always screws them over. And at some point you're just like, when are you going to learn? Yeah. Like the world is fucked up and sometimes you can't do the right thing. You have to do like the right thing, even though it seems like the wrong thing, maybe, or whatever. Yeah, fuck asking Amanda for work. She should ask Amanda for a hitman. Yeah. She's got connections with Palmer. She's Palmer Woodward's daughter. She's Palmer Woodward's daughter, and I really do think Peter could off somebody. I mean, all of this just the thing that's so annoying to this to me about this storyline is like just go back in time. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. You idiot. Right. I just won't ever get over the fact that she told them, period. She's She's stupid. She's dumb as hell. Yeah. But, well, she's going to suffer the consequences now. She's so dumb. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week for episodes 11 and 12. Is that correct? I think so. All right. Bye. Bye.